Welcome back to the Beautiful Struggle Podcast, your spot where we talk all things coaching, teaching, and inspiring the youth. And I'm your host, Jake Cates, and I am excited about today's topic, as well as the guests we have on the show today. Our topic today is going to be the importance of losing. Yes, you heard me right, the importance of losing. And I am very excited to have Danan Hughes on the show with us today. Danan is a former NFL wide receiver, also a former Iowa Hawkeye where he was all Big Ten in both football and baseball. He's currently a television broadcaster as well as the color analyst on Kansas City Chiefs radio for each of their games. And I'm excited to have Danan on here, but more importantly, I consider Danan a great friend. And so I'm excited to have him on to talk about the importance of losing. But before we do that, please listen to a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Danon Hughes. Hey, everybody, this is Jake Cates, host of the Beautiful Struggle podcast, and I am proud to represent Berserk Athletics. Berserk Athletics is a premier provider of custom athletic uniforms, spirit wear, sideline gear, and any other custom gear that you may need for teams, businesses, or any other group. You can reach me at Jake at Berserk Athletics. That's B-E-R-S-E-R-K athletics.com. That's Jake at Berserk Athletics.com. All right, welcome back to the Beautiful Struggle Podcast. And our guest tonight is Danan Hughes. Danan, thanks for joining the program tonight. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. This has been a long time coming. You got an opportunity to chop it up. So, yeah, let's have some fun. This is cool. Well, most of Kansas City remembers you flying around the football field, on the NFL field, uh, special teams tackles, being a gunner, throwing your body into positions that uh, none of us <laughs> want to be in. But uh, kind of give us an update on where life has you right now. Yeah, that was a hectic lifestyle, a little bit of a kamikaze lifestyle back then when I played with the Chiefs in the 90s. And uh, fortunately, I, I've come out of it. I was able to transition right from the field into the mortgage banking world with U.S. Bank Home Mortgage. I've been there uh, for a large part of my post-football career, now managing the mortgage department here in Kansas City. I managed 22 branches and six loan officers. Uh, in the mortgage world, and then I still get a chance to keep my foot in the locker room. And uh, my part-time job, with an S, is uh, broadcasting. So I, I get a chance to, I host a radio show on 610 here in Kansas City on Odyssey. And then I also call the broadcast with Mitch Holtis, the Chiefs uh, radio network. I call the Chiefs games each and every week. Uh, during the football season. And then I have uh, the opportunity and the blessing to call college baseball, college football, college basketball for ESPN and the Big Ten Network. So uh, I still get my sports fix uh, without having the painful Mondays and the ice tubs and the ice baths and any concussions or anything like that. So it's all good. And let's not forget your beautiful family that, uh, yeah, I know you have a lot of responsibility with as well. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yes, uh, I've been married for 26 years. Been blessed with my beautiful wife, Tiffany. I have five kids, 
uh, Jesse, Joey, Torin, Savvy, and Talon, and three grandkids. I actually got the T-shirt on with all the kids because the grandkids. I'm Duke. I'm not grandma. I wasn't ready to be grandpa. I, I, I couldn't. Me and Tiffany, we couldn't do grandma and grandpa. We didn't. We couldn't. We weren't feeling that. So we're Duke and Mimi to the three grandkids. And uh, yeah, so I've been blessed, man. It keeps me running, keeps me busy. Still trying to figure out if it keeps me young or makes me old. But in, 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 as long as I'm figuring it out, it's all good. All right. So we had to go with Duke, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey, listen, tonight's tonight's topic is one that's a little bit uh, unusual for a podcast on on competing in sports and things like that. So I didn't want people to think that I, that, that I'm this guy that that is not competitive or a guy that doesn't want to win. So I've had the privilege of coaching your son, Torn, in, in high school basketball. Can you just real quick for our audience vouch for me that I am a very competitive person? So. So this is like a public service announcement. Announcement. So uh, for all the listeners out there, trust me that Jake Cates is a very competitive man. He's a very competitive coach. I have seen it firsthand from across the bench. Like he said, he coached my son from middle school through high school. And uh, there's, there's, there may be there may be many things you can talk about about Jake, but you cannot call him non-competitive. He wants to win like nobody else, and uh, I can appreciate that and I respect it. All right, so there we got go. that we got that out of the way. I really appreciate that, guys. That's straight from the guy. Um, but but I want I want that to allow us to transition into the topic tonight, and I want to start with just a statement. Um, you can't appreciate winning without losing you can't fully appreciate winning without losing agree disagree what do you think about that statement a 100% agree I think uh, a lot of people get caught up when you start comparing winning and losing and you're not fully on one side of winning people start to think well does it really matter and I don't think it quantifies I've always said there's a difference between losing and getting beat and I would like to always say, and I've told my kids and grandkids and kids I've coached and mentored, um, I've, I've lost a lot of games, but I've never gotten beat. And part of the reason is, is because I believe getting beat is more about your preparation. Losing is maybe more about the scoreboard. And uh, you can't appreciate, how do you, how do you appreciate something great if you haven't had or experienced something bad? How do you appreciate something beautiful if you haven't seen something that is not attractive. So you have to experience, to me, to really relish, really embrace, really enjoy, and be fulfilled with winning, you have to kind of know about losing. You have to know that sting of losing. And uh, I've been through a lot of losses in my career, uh, all the way from Little League up through the pros. And I, I, relish, the lo- I re- relish the win. I remember the losses just as much. And we've talking a little bit before we came on tonight, you've played for some great coaches, hall of fame coaches in the NFL and uh, at Iowa university of Iowa, right. but also some, some high school coaches that really impacted you. So can you tell me maybe a, a situation or a story about a high school coach that, that really was able to use losing uh, to teach you lessons? 
Yeah, like you said, I've been very, very fortunate to have Hall of Fame coaches, and they were all different personalities. There were some that were in your face, screamers, others that were, you know, more cerebral, others that were more passive. Um, to me, I learned something from every one of them. But when we were talking about uh, the, the losing perspective and where do I remember or when do I remember a time where I was impacted? And the first thing that came to mind, as you know, and maybe not a lot of listeners know, baseball is my favorite sport. Baseball is my love. Even though I played foot, professional football, I did play professional baseball. Baseball has always been number one to me. And it's interesting because one of the first experiences that I remember was high school baseball. I was playing in a district championship. I'm pitching. It's my junior year. So it's, it's not like I'm some runny nose, scrawny freshman. And I'm pitching varsity. And there are late, it was like a, it was like a fireworks show in the first inning with the balls that were getting hit off of me off the scoreboard, out of the park, off the wall. And we hadn't even batted yet. And I remember walking around the back of the mound and dropping, squatting down into like a catcher's stance, facing the outfield and dropping my head. And my head coach, Tom Bujanowski, came out and called timeout, came to the mound. And you would think during that time, you're getting hit all over the park. He'd be talking to you about your arm squat and pitch selection and location and uh, all that. And I remember the words he just, he said, don't ever let me see you put your head down. You get up on this mound with a couple of expletives in there, get up on this mound and you get up here and compete and you battle. Don't ever let me see your weakness. Don't ever let show your weakness to another team and you get up here and fight. And that was it. And then he walked off the mound. Didn't say anything about baseball. And that was a life lesson, but it was a competing lesson because at that time we were losing. And at that time, I kind of felt like a loser. And it kind of rejuvenated me. And it's something that carried me through the rest of my career. And it was never a time where I felt like I had bad body language on the field, where I would ever show weakness to an opponent. Uh, and I took all the games that I played personally because of a lot of those life lessons. So in losing during that time, I don't think if I had success and struck out the side and, um, you know, didn't give up those runs, I don't know if I would have learned that, that quality, quality uh, attribute right there. I don't think I would have learned that that would have catapulted me through the rest of my career. You, I had to experience loss and losing for my mind and my brain and my heart to really absorb that coaching. And there were so many other times, like you said, with Marty Schottenheimer and Hayden Fry. A lot of people don't know the first offensive coordinator I had in college was Bill Snyder. Um, played for Dwayne Banks, who the baseball field at the University of Iowa is named after. Uh, I played for some really great, prominent coaches, Al Saunders, uh, who was part of the orchestrator of the greatest show on turf with the Rams, uh, great coaches that were great mentors and instilled a lot of great values in me. And that's such a great story. Uh, that's one thing we do in our program. We tell our kids, you know, uh, chin doesn't hit chest in public. You, you keep your head mm -hmm. up. Um, and in that moment with that high school coach, it was not about Danon's performance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, uh, that's as a podcast that's trying to reach people that are reaching teens and affecting teens. 
it's really important that we not attach our love for them, um, our care for them, our attention for them to performance. And, and that, that coach in that moment allowed you to do that. I remember a time we were in the state final four uh, at the school where I started coaching and uh, mm-hmm. we lost a tough game. My point guard went to the line with uh, seven seconds left down one with two free throws. I couldn't have picked a kid that I would rather have at the line. And uh, he missed them both. And we lost the state semifinal game. And, and so we were in the locker room. And at that time we had to do a press, a press conference after the game. And I had to bring two kids with me. Well, guess who I brought? I, I, I brought that point guard and I brought my all state big man, um, Matt Webb with me who didn't have a very good game because I wanted them to answer the bell after a loss. And, um, for us as coaches, it's important that we use athletics and losing as an opportunity to understand that failure does not mean that a door is permanently closed. Exactly. It means exactly. it's an opportunity for growth. What do you think yep. about that? I 100% agree. And I think those are the moments, no matter how much you coach, no matter how many hours you practice, no matter how many times you watch film, prepare, jump rope, shoot jumpers, run suicide, do drills. Those are the lessons that you can't replicate. You can't replicate the emotion, the experience, the standing and, and, and facing the fire and um, growing from that. And that's kind of what I always consider the game within the game. There are so many, there's so many games going on within the game. As fans, you can get caught up in the entertainment, you know, the jump shot, the dunk, the alley-oop, the defense or whatever. But there's so many other moving parts that are happening. So many battles. Guys that are, they're dealing with something themselves. Can I beat this guy that's guarding me? Can I guard this guy that, that's dribbling in front of me? Uh, it, is the coach going to get mad at me if I, can't, if I don't get this job done? Uh, am I helping my team? Am I helping my players, uh, my teammates, my brothers? all of those different things. There's so many games going on. And when you have some, you know, you have those losses or you have those things that come up that are not optimum, that's kind of when you put your foot on the gas pedal as a coach where you are now like metamorphing into the, the mentor. You know, you're always intertwined with all that, but there's times where you're coach and there's times where you're moving into the mentor and then you're fully mentoring. And that experience for those seniors to face the fire is definitely something that helped them grow into manhood. And I knew I was a product of my, my community. I was raised by my, my community. I have two parents who love me, a lot of extended family who love me, but there were a lot of other people that poured into me. And if I didn't go through things and didn't come out on the other side with some wisdom and some guidance, I wouldn't be the man, father, grandfather, mentor, boss, employee that I am today. So I, I, I 100% agree with you on that. Okay. And so taking the conversation to uh, our youth of today, we don't know, we don't know how to lose. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a lost art. And so, what, what are some things that we can do as people that influence young people 
what are some things we can do to help them understand the value in that? Maybe to allow them to lose and not call it something else. Yeah, I, I, I am a strong, strong proponent. And you follow me on Twitter. Maybe you've seen some of the interactions I've had on social media with some kids I coached or kids I mentored or just in general. And I always end it with the hashtag HWPO. Hard work pays off, always. And, I, and when I coach my kids in baseball, I, tra I coached travel baseball for 11 years. Uh, it was always about the work. And I kind of feel like as a coach, uh, the best attribute you have as a coach is that you, are, you have an influence to brainwash kids. And the best coaches I've had were the best brainwashers. And we, you mentioned in the intro, me being a, a, a special teams kamikaze guy for six years in the NFL. Most people don't know. I never played special teams in my life before the NFL. But yet I had a coach who instilled something in me, saw something in me, and drew it out that I didn't even realize was in there. And then it led me to be able to provide for my family and play it and live my dream uh, by playing six years. So in that respect, to answer your question, I would say make everything about the work. The game, the scoreboard, the championship, those are, those are like byproducts. Those are the icing on the cake. That's the gravy. But if the work, if it's always about the work, then the satisfaction is going to be there. Because you, because there's something to be said for any youth that are out there listening. There's something to be said about me lining up against you and I 100% know you haven't outworked me. Like, there's, you might be able to, you might be six inches taller than me. You might have a better jumper than me. But I know that I'm going to compete with you because I know there's no way in the world that you worked harder than me. And, and, and if I got four other guys on the basketball court or 10 other guys on the football field that are all saying that, we're going to be successful. That doesn't, mean we're, that doesn't mean we're going to win every game, but we're going to be successful. So to me, I would say to all the coaches, parents, influences, make it about the work. Every single day, it's always about the work. It's about the drills. It's about fine-tuning something that you say you love. As a kid, you say you love basketball. Well, show me by the work. You say you love baseball. Okay. Anybody can step in the batter's box and like being there. Anybody can step on the pitcher's mound and like being there. Show me about the work that you're doing. And then trust me when I tell you that because of all this extra work, you will be more satisfied than what the scoreboard tells you at the end of the game. And so I, I always draw it always back to the work. Man, that's, that's so good. Um, I'm getting the chills just sitting here listening to it. <laughs> um, so we're running short on time and I want to respect your time. Uh, so really we want to make it about the journey, make it about mm -hmm. the work, make it about the teammates that you're doing it next to um, as you prepare yourself and reaching your potential every single day and not comparing yourself to, someone else that's more talented or less talented, but mm -hmm. reaching your potential every day. Um, and when the guy across from you does beat you, that's okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we like it, but we can yeah. walk away with our head up knowing I did everything I could possibly do to prepare myself for today. 
And at the end of the day, I have to be okay with that. Yep. And there are things that we can control and things we can't control. And sometimes, especially in sports, a lot more goes on the side of not being able to be controlled versus what you can control. You can have the best form, the best follow through, the best leaping ability, all that stuff, and that ball can bounce off the back of the rim. Uh, you can have the best defense in their face, hand in their face, and the ball can still go in the hoop. Things happen. But that's why I always, like you just said, I draw it back to the work. And I also draw it back to the relationship. One, games are made to be fun. We got to have fun. I personally believe that the most fun I had was when I was the most prepared. When I knew that I had been, I had worked, I had worked. I was going to have fun regardless. The other thing is, the relationship you will have, like I can bump into, we just had alumni weekend here for the Chiefs, and I can bump into guys that I have not seen since the nineties. And we have an automatic connection that will last forever. Mainly because I know what he sacrificed. He knows what I sacrificed. We came together on a, on a common cause to try to make some magic. We, got, we fell short at times. We didn't get to the optimum goal. But for the rest of our life, there's an eye connection that we'll have when we see each other that is about love and respect and memories. And I can do that with high school teammates. I can do that with my Iowa teammates that I go on vacation with still 25 years later. I can do it with my Chiefs teammates, with my baseball teammates. I can do, I can do it with kids I coach. And to me, that's what it's all about. When it's all said and done, who knows how many medals, trophies, championships, and all that stuff you'll have. But you have fun, you have those relationships for life, and you have that work ethic, you've, you've conquered it all. Well, man, I, I couldn't say it any better. And so to, to you parents out there, let your kids loose. Uh, mm -hmm. Let them go through the learning of that. Don't tie worth or anything like that to their performance, but allow them to learn those, what I call cheap lessons as a young person. Yeah. Um, so they don't have to learn expensive lessons uh, when they're 25, 30, 35 years old as a father, as a husband, um, or as a boss Amen. or things like that. So um, let them loose, teach yeah. them through that, teach them through that and move on. Um, I, th that's so good, man. And that's, that's, that's the message we wanted to get across tonight. So Dan, and thanks for your time tonight. You know, I always appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. Um, tell the family I said hello, and thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, man. But before we go, you brought up one last point that brought another memory. Go I don't ahead. know if we got time. Hopefully we do. All right, so I remember high school basketball. We're playing against a rivalry. And the benches, kind of like at, at your school, at most schools where you have the team bench, and then you have the, the regular stands for fans. And my father was sitting in the stands eye level to me, and four rows up behind our bench. We're on the road away from we're playing at, at a rival high school. And I did something wrong in the game, and the coach was laying into me, like laying into me face-to-face -face, on the sideline during the timeout. And I can see through my coach to my father, and my father, to this day, will still tell this story. And he said, well, he'll say, like, I remember when the coach was, was yelling at you and screaming at you. 
And he was right. And you were looking at me like I was going to come save you. And, and I can remember his face. He looked around every aspect of that gym to not ever even make me think that he had my back and he was going to intervene. And he could have. He was basically an arm's length away, and he could have. And there was a lesson. Let me go through this. It will make me better as a person, as a man, as a player, if I go through this. He could have intervened. There are some parents that are, are way too sensitive, and they try to in, 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 involve themselves in things that are not necessarily for them. So when you said that about parents, let your kids lose, my parents let me lose, and I learned from it. So uh, that's great stuff. And that's a great message. Doesn't mean it's an easy thing to do, uh, but yeah. it's the right thing to do. So, again, Dana, thanks for your time tonight. Thanks for coming on The Beautiful Struggle. And uh, always appreciate your time. No problem. Anytime, brother. All right. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of The Beautiful Struggle. And let me encourage all of you guys out there that are doing things to help our youth. Keep up the good work and we'll see you next time.